0: Je luistert naar een boodschap van Cedrie Church Amsterdam en Almere. Wij zijn een kerk van geloof, hoop en liefde. Voor meer informatie over onze kerk kun je terecht op onze website c3amsterdam.nl of c 3 Wij geloven dat deze boodschap jou vandaag zal bemoedigen, inspireren en bekrachtigen. Good. Nico, you didn't get the memo. Um, in your seat, I think you'll find a next step card. We had next step Sunday, last Sunday, and, uh, it's not too late to ask yourself, what is my next step? Uh, what your next step could be is baptism. Wouldn't it be awesome next time to have a baptism in our English service? Cause you're getting baptized rather than, rather than thinking that, um, that it's only Dutch people or Dutch speakers that need to get baptized. God might speak to you and say, no, no, uh, I like to baptize English speaking people too. And so that might be your next step for the next time, which will be in two months. Uh, That could be your next step. Uh, Maybe devoting yourself to daily prayer could be your next step, or getting involved in a serve team could be your next step, or a connect group. Uh, But I urge you, don't stay still. Static isn't an option in the kingdom of God, because the kingdom of God is a dynamic kingdom, and if you stay still, you end up moving backwards, because everything else is moving forwards. Life moves forwards. So static isn't an option. So the only other option is to ask ourselves, what's my next step? What should I do to keep me challenged as a disciple? So uh, just have a look at that card. See if there's something on there that triggers you and and fill that out. Turn with me to 1 Peter. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) We've got two weeks left in the Strongest Series. Who's enjoyed studying 1 Peter? Isn't it awesome just getting into the Word deeply and and going through a book where it's taking nine weeks to study one short letter of of Peter. Uh, So we are talking today about um, being devoted to love. Everyone say love. And then we conclude uh, next Sunday, next weekend is a big weekend for us because we've got our love project next Saturday. And that's partly why. I'm talking today about being devoted to love, because uh, next weekend is an act of love we do as a community, yeah. uh, and so there's no accident why we're talking about this, even though Peter is quite clear and strong on this topic. So 2 with me to 1, Peter chapter 1, verse 22, we've got a lot of scripture today, are we okay with that? Yeah. Is this the uh, Bible-studying congregation or not? Yeah. All right, Good. 1 Peter 1, 22 says this, Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart, for you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. Love one another deeply. That's the message today. Let me tell you a story. There was a man traveling from Balma to Central and um, it, there had been some strikes on the public transport, and this was just the hour after the workers had gone back to work, so it was really crowded on the train. Um, the crowds were pressing in, and so anyway, he was jumping on the train. Uh, now, when I say love, I want you to say now. Let's practice that. Love. Now. Love. Now. Okay, and when I say now, I want you to say love. love. Hold on. Now. Love. Now. Love. Now. love. Now, you got it. Okay, so this man was on the train from Balma to Central. He got mugged and crushed in the crowd. Now, along came a government official, but he showed no love. Love. Then along came a religious leader, not sure what religion, but no love. Love. Now, there was someone from Amsterdam South Oast who goes to C3 Church. They showed love. Gave him some attention. Calls for an Uber. Come now. (laughs) Gets him to hospital. Returns the next day with clothes, food, and a gift. Now. That's love. Love. Hashtag good Samaritan. Okay. Thank you for bearing with me. Now. Let's move on. (laughs) The Apostle John is called the Apostle of Love. Love. (laughs) Oh. Guys at the back, could you just turn that 18 minutes into 28 minutes? This could take a little longer to get my message through. Then, so anyway, John was called the apostle of lots of like. And uh, so he jumps into the game with Peter. You've got to love Peter and John. They got an interesting relationship. Slightly competitive relationship, actually, because John, who also wrote, the Gospel of John, he talks about himself as the man that Jesus loved. You gotta love his sort of self-confidence and his, uh, security about the fact he was Jesus' favorite. He talks about, and I think it's the only, probably the only Gospel that mentions that John happened to be the one sitting closest to Jesus at the Last Supper. In fact, so close he could lean his head on his shoulder. And, uh, uh the, the greatest moment about John and Peter that tells you something about their relationship Is that the resurrection? Now, if there's any moment where you would expect them to be serious, to put everything aside, it would be at the moment when they hear about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But no, not Peter and John. What does John say about that moment? He says, oh, so we, Peter and John, we ran to the tomb, and uh, I got there first, Uh, the ultimate in competition. How many of you know it's good that the disciples had a level of humanity? Peter's standing on the beach. Jesus is restoring him from rejecting him. After it's all over, Peter didn't go, Oh, I feel so much better. Thank you for forgiving me. He turns around. And he goes, points to John. And he goes, What about him? I love the fact that there is some humanity expressed in the Bible that helps to make us feel better and no much, and particularly when it comes to this subject, because there's nothing more challenging than the thought of love. Let me just explain for a minute. How many of you love to be loved? Okay. We need love, right? How many of you love to be given some attention? All right. The challenge isn't receiving love. You've got the capacity to receive love, but you've also got the capacity to give love. But the challenge comes when we need to give love. There's the contradiction. Not the contradiction, but the, 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 the concept that challenges us is that we love to receive love, which means you love love as much as I love love, but you'll only get loved if I give you some. But I don't always love giving you love because it means I've got to step outside of my comfort zone or I've got to step out of thinking about me to think about you. I've got to go out of my way. I've got to give up some time, money, words of encouragement. I've got to do something because love is a verb. It's not a noun, just in case you were confused. If you're called love here today, I'm not talking about you. That's wonderful that your name is love. Love. But love is not a name word, it's not a noun, it's a verb, it's a doing word, it's an action word. And so John puts it like this, 1 John 4, he says, dear friends, let us love one another. Who should we love? For love comes from God, everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us, he sent his one and only Son, into the world, that he might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Now, there's an interesting thought that God, the invisible is made visible through love. That's what he's saying. The God who you cannot see becomes visible when we show love. There's quite a motivation to love. When you're loving, you're revealing the nature of God because God is love. We love because he first loved us. Back to 1 Peter 4. Let's give Peter a go in this competition of love. Chapter 4, verse 8, he says, Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. John didn't like that, so he jumped in. 1 John 3.16 says this, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has... Sorry, I didn't mean to emphasize like brothers and sisters uh if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them how can the love of god be in that person dear children let us not love with words or speech but with action and in truth paul says in romans 12:10, be devoted to one another in love be devoted to love be devoted turn to someone and say be devoted to love So love is something we all need. Love is something that challenges us. Love is something that causes us to have to step outside of focus on me. Love is not about my individualism. And so we learn that we have to love like Jesus loved. We have to love as one who thinks of another before I would think of myself. We learn to uh, love sacrificially. We learn to love as if. It's the first time we've ever loved. Just th- think about that. It's a, you're loving freshly. You're loving as if you've never loved before. You're loving as if you've never been hurt. We're loving like Jesus loved. How did Jesus love? He hung on a cross. And as he's hanging on a cross, he isn't self-consumed. I find this an amazing thought that in the darkest hour, in the most painful moment, he would have time to think about his mother and... Uh, clearly his favorite disciple, John. And he says to his mom, Mom, look after John. John, look after mum." How could anyone be so unself-consumed in a moment of such pain? But Jesus did. Jesus loved like he's calling us to love. That is, let's not be so self-consumed that we are distracted from loving another. That's how Jesus loved. Jesus loved enough to be able to restore Peter after Peter had rejected him. How many of us have ever been rejected? That's probably one of the deepest internal pains you will go through, is to be rejected by by someone who has loved you. And yet Jesus was big enough to still love, even though he had been rejected. Jesus never sought his own glory, even though the Bible clearly encourages us to offer up praises to him. He wasn't out primarily to seek glory. He was always out to seek the interest of those he was meeting. He was more interested in you and I. He was more interested in the people he met than any self-promotion. He wasn't a selfie-taking Jesus. If he was around with Instagram, he would have taken picture, group pictures, and somehow, through a miraculous power of his own, he would, have, he would have shaded himself out. The picture would have come out without him even being in it because he would have wanted to elevate that person, or elevate the goodness of God of what He had done in that person's life. That was Jesus. He was not, He was not self-consumed. Your greatest moment isn't in the moment you're applauded for what you do. Jesus enters Jerusalem and everyone's applauding. Whoa, Jesus! Yes, clap, 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 clap. Didn't touch him. He wasn't interested in the applause. He rode through the applause and went all the way to the cross. Jesus' greatest moment was in the silent suffering of an act of love. Your greatest moment is not in the moments you're applauded. Whoa, isn't Gio awesome? He plays the guitar so well. We love it, and to some degree we need it. We need the approval of others to some degree. We need the investment of others to some degree, but we don't live for that. We don't find our identity in that. We don't find that our greatest moments are in the applause. Our greatest moments are in our private sacrificial, love-giving activities. There is no greater moment than when you give up something for somebody else because that's what you were made for. You were made to love. So both Peter and John, however competitive they were, they agree on this one fact, that love is what we're meant to be doing. Love is what we're made for. But they agree on this, that you cannot know love until you know God. For God is love. If God is love, and you don't know God, you can't know love. Let's put it a more positive way. When you get to know God, because God is love, you know love. And if you've ever received Jesus into your life, if you haven't, we'll do this a little later, I want you to experience the powerful love of Jesus into your life, because it's a life-transforming love. But when you invite Jesus into your life, you will notice your external world does not change. Remember for a minute, if you were married when you got saved, when you woke up the next morning, you were still lying next to the same person with the same bad breath, nothing changed. If you were married with children when you got saved, when you wake up in the morning, it's the same children running around with the same behaviors, the same package that comes with having children, nothing has changed. When you get up to go to work, you realize you're going to the same workplace, nothing has changed. The same neighbors, the same environment the same atmospheres, nothing has changed when you get saved in your external world. Why? Because only religion sells you the lie that you can be changed from the outside in. Jesus sells us the truth that he will change you from the inside out. He starts on the inside and he says, I'm going to deposit into you the greatest love you've ever experienced. I'm going to forgive anything you've ever done. I'm going to lift off you every burden you've ever experienced. I'm going to set you free from forces that have held you back. And therefore, you will be filled with an extraordinary life-changing experience on the inside. And as a result, you will be empowered to change your external world. That's how Christianity works, from the inside out. And so that's why he says, you will only know the power of love in the world when you know Him who has loved you deeper than anyone else. And so in that moment where you've received love, personified in Christ... He changes your inner world. He deposits love like you've never experienced before. Bucket loads of grace and acceptance and forgiveness and your internal world begins to change. And that's why the Bible says, now therefore, go and show some love. Why? Because you've been changed. We now have the power to create external change through the power of love. That's our call, to go and act out love that's been placed on the inside of this. But it goes further than that. Not only can you not know love unless you know God, you cannot know life unless you know love. There's no life without love. For God so loved the world that he gave his son that you may have life. So life comes from knowing love. Without love, you don't know life. We think we know life. And the thing that breaks my heart most when I meet people is what they think his life is merely existence. Happy married kids go to a good job, and they're settled, and each day looks fairly similar, but they're steady. And I, it breaks my heart for, for thinking that they would call that life when Jesus would call it existence. It's a little like me when I take people to one of my favorite museums, which is the Stadelic Museum, the Modern Art Museum, because uh, I love modern art, I think we've got a picture of something here uh, that looks a little bit like art, for me at least for you it may not um, and uh, seeing people's faces when they see what I call art and they don't call art they're looking at going, uh, a kid could have drawn that, I'm going, no, you try it it's more sophisticated than you think it's, it's art All right? Anybody ever, ever, any of you ever been to a modern art museum and thought that's rubbish, no don't raise your hands you'll offend me I dare you to try it. I dare you to give it a go. Just, just, just give it a go. I bet you can't do it. My, I'm laying it out to you right now. I think God feels the same, you know, when we offer up to him our life. And we say, look, look at my life, Lord. And he goes, it, it breaks his heart. He goes, "That's not life. You're barely existing. If, if anything in, in the kingdom of God, that would be called death at very best. Let me show you life. Let me show you life as I have meant it to be. Let me show you a full life, an extravagant life, an abundant life, a life that flows out of the inside of you, not your external world. Let me show you life, but for you to know life, you have to know my love. For you to have life and know life, you have to know love. Therefore, if any of us are burdened about our society, about the people around us, our community, this is why we're doing the Love Project, because we're burdened for our community. We love. Our community. We love the people of our community. And it breaks my heart for for me to see them doing what they call life, but they're barely existing in the measure of how they were created. They were created for so much more. They were created for a relationship with God. And so we do something like this to express love, and we go, here's love. Now no life. And so the commission on us is to go and love. Why? Because we reveal the life of heaven when we show our love, love in action will always reveal the life of heaven. You and I are meant to love. We're meant to put life in action. What does that look like? That looks like us paying. It looks like us encouraging. It looks like us giving up our time. And, and sometimes we get so busy. It's like the curse of the age. And we, we, we say, I'm so busy. And, and, and yet, just to remind you, busy is Within your hands, by the way, you're only as busy as you've determined. Uh, you have a choice in life. So if you're busy, I personally love busy. So I don't see it as a curse. See it as a blessing that God would give me so much to do. Uh, God blesses those who can handle responsibility with the blessing of more responsibility. Most people push it away going, oh, so much. So I'm like, no, bring it on, Lord. Thank you that you would honor me with thinking I could handle this. I love Busy, but build margins in your life, please. Build space in your life that you have time to love. Because love is a verb, it's not a noun, it's action, it's it's doing something, it's 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 ensuring that you leave a time with me feeling better than when you first met me. It's 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 you knowing that when you were in need, I was there for you. It's it's you knowing that when you had nothing, I paid for you. It's it's love. In action, a few months ago uh, one of my neighbors I, I got locked out of my house uh, is the back story who wants to know the back story <laughs> yeah okay so I locked myself out of my house always an embarrassing thing to do which is why we have keys with several neighbors um, just in case one is out and the, another is out <clears throat> uh, so I went around to one of my neighbors to get the spare key and, and uh, they gave me the wrong one I go back, I try and get in, couldn't get in, so I go back again, get the right key, and and I notice he's not looking well. Now, he isn't well, he's got MS, uh, but on this particular day, he wasn't looking at all well, so I thought to myself, uh, I need to give him some attention, but I didn't have time right there and then, so I got back into the house and and kept the key, uh, sort of as an excuse to go back another time when I had time, but I didn't need an excuse, we're very close, uh, so the next day, I was working from home, and so I booked out an hour late afternoon when I knew I could give him some time, so it was pretty quick after the event. And uh, so I come around with a key, here's the key, hey, uh, how are you doing? I just noticed you weren't looking well yesterday. Uh, and he, he goes, oh, well, I'm okay, actually, and then he begins to unfold his story about having been at the hospital that week, and he's waiting on medical tests, and uh, he was a little concerned about how his future might look with uh, his condition. And, and I just sat and listened. I didn't say a whole lot. Just let him spill it out and spill it out and spill it out. And, and then I said, can I pray for you? So I prayed for him. And it just a very ordinary prayer. He sat on that side of the table. I sat this side of the table. And I, he just began to cry, uh, which I had not expected. He's a man. I'm a man. So that was uh, a little awkward, but a very precious moment. Uh, and then I just got up to go, and, and, uh, and then another awkward moment happened, but a very precious moment. He gave me a hug, and we're both in our 40s. Grown men don't hug, do they? I don't know, but we, we do in church, but it's a pretty precious thing when an unsaved neighbor brings you into their world like that. So he, he gave me this hug, he said, that's meant more to me than anything. Thank you. Uh, he's since been to church, and any of us could have done that. Really, I didn't do much at all. I just said, can we pray? It's about all I did in that one hour of activity. But it only happened because I felt convicted that I needed to spend my time. What can you do that would bless someone today? What could you do that would bless someone tomorrow? What have you got to give away? He says, serve one another with the gifts you've got. You're here on planet Earth not to serve yourself, but to serve another. The gifts God's placed in you are not for yourself, but for another. I just want to draw this to a close. I'm going to to read this last part of my message because it's, it's written that way. I'm going to ask the musicians to come up. Thanks, guys. This isn't meant to be a complicated message. This isn't meant to be anything but what it is, and that is a call to action and a call to love. Love is not a luxury extra to life. Love is life. Without love, you don't have life. We have to define what life is very carefully. In society, life could be considered freedom, individualism, independence, achievement, and attainment. You can have all these things and have no love, and your life will be empty. Love is the completer and finisher of life itself. Love is above all other qualities, Love is a life essential, love conquers all, love is everything we value about life, it is patient, it is kind, it doesn't boast, it doesn't get angry, love is the highest virtues of life. Love colors your life, turns the green garden into a multicolored botanical experience, turns a grey fishing lake into an aquarium of tropical fish, just trying to appeal to all types of interests. Love is our daily workout. It will put muscle on your frame, hair on your chest. Guys, as you learn to forgive, overlook, interact with others selflessly. Love will enhance your life like a move from a small apartment to a luxurious palace. Our lives without love are a clanging cymbal. A scratch on the blackboard. <laughs> a smash of a plate behind you in the cafe. Life with love changes humanity hey that's what we're about why not here as a Christian club we're here to change humanity we're here to change our community the love project isn't just a nice thing to do wouldn't it be awesome if it got in the papers and we were written about it's not, it's not a nice thing to do it changes humanity as we feed people with their deepest need to be loved love life with love changes humanity love colors humanity love brings humanity back to its designed purpose love was given when jesus showed us what love does it lays down its life for others love is better than your life it's better than satisfaction it's better than achievement it's better than wealth it is better than any value high or low love is supreme love is life, life is love can we close our eyes I feel challenged by my own message I feel challenged by the need to love I wouldn't say I'm the expert at this which is why I got Pastor Monique to preach in the first service because I feel she's very qualified but I do feel like this is a message that resonates with the heart of every one of us We know we need love. But do we give it just as readily? Do we give it just as freely? What could you do today? Father, I pray that you would deposit in us right now a fresh spirit of love. For we know as we receive love, as we receive you, we will have love. We'll have love to give. So I pray today refresh our love where it may have gone dry or low I pray you'd fill us with love not the sort of love a human can give but the love only you can give a love that is so accepting so refreshing, so filling so empowering fill us with your love Jesus we don't want to exist through life we want to flourish in life we want a life filled with love and a love filled with your life do you know I, I'm very aware there will be people here and you feel like you've just been getting by you've just been existing life has not felt very full for you very abundant for you in this atmosphere right now in this presence I, I, I encourage you to reach out to Him just to be asking to fill you with His love His love colors up your world it colors up your life maybe you've recently experienced a rejection uh, someone pushed you away who once loved you and that's left a hole a deficit God can fill that deficit I don't mean that as a simple answer to a complicated problem I, I mean that genuinely A genuine answer to a complicated problem. So if you feel like you've been existing because it's been a long time since you've been refreshed by the love of Jesus, or maybe you're here today and you've never received Jesus into your life. I know you want life, I know you want love. My question is, will you receive the author? what it is you want. Will you receive Jesus? Maybe you've been away from Him and you need to come back to Him today or you're just not sure you're going to heaven. I'm going to pray for you right now. I want everyone to say this prayer after me. But particularly if you feel like you've just been existing, you need your life refreshed or you need to receive Jesus into your world or you're coming back to Him, please pray this right now. Say it after me. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. Thank you that He died for me. I ask that you'd forgive me. Turn away from my past. I give you my life. Take it. Fill me with your life. Fill me with your presence. I thank you that today I am saved, I have new life. Fill me with your love. Empower me today. To show love to others. In Jesus' name. Bedankt voor het luisteren naar onze podcast. We zien je graag terug in een van onze diensten. Kijk op onze website voor tijden en locaties.